صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Morning, listeners. We're joined by Yael Leah, community organizer of the Australian Jewish Democratic Society and a dear friend of the show. Uh, Yael, how are you? Um, well, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Yael, can you start by telling us a little bit about your story? You're a Melbourne girl. Um, I was born in Melbourne. You don't have to tell us the year, I... but you know, a, few, a couple of decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've stopped being asked for ID now, so that'll tell you how old I am. No, I, I was born in Melbourne, but I, I spent kind of the first five years or so of my life um, growing up in Israel um, and then moved back here. I could say a lot of things about my story. I've done a lot of different things. So, <laughs> um, but Well, why don't you take I, us first? What took your parents back to Israel? I grew up Jewish and they're... Was it a, a family connection to go back there? Um, they, my parents moved to Israel after they got married. Sometime after they got married. They lived there for 16 years. What, if, yeah, I guess, the, I mean, their reasons were, were quite dynastic to move there, but there's been some kind of family relationships. My father's mother was born in Palestine. You were there for, for only five years. Do you remember anything? Whereabouts did you live? Uh, in Besheva, um, okay. I, yeah, I don't remember much at all. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's beautiful <laughs> down there. Back here as a young kid, mum and dad come back together? Yes. And you grow up in, in, in still a Zionist household or? Yeah, very much so. So your education is uh, in one of the schools or is it a more broadly Western education? Um, I went to a local public primary school and I went to a Jewish high school okay and i ask yeah. this these questions Yael, because you know I've got, I've got quite a few jewish friends sadly most of them don't share our politics but that doesn't mean i can't be friends with them the occasions that we talk about politics we talk about the uh, the school system and their kids going to the school and, and often many of them talk to me about the fact that they'd like their kids not to go to the schools and you know bialik and mount scopus uh, etc and prefer them to have a more rounded education, if you will, or more exposure outside of um, Jewish school, but uh, almost, it's almost impossible not to. Was that, is that something you've sort of felt or your parents? Impossible not to, sorry, impossible yeah. not to go to a Jewish school? Or yeah, so to... sort of it's a societal pressure, you know, you, the expectation yeah. is, well, of course. Yeah, no, that definitely wasn't the case. With my family, I mean, I have three older brothers who, um, who all went to to Mount, um, sorry, to to Melbourne High. Um, so for I mean, for them, a, a kind of the, there was a few factors. One of them was was around um, wanting to send me to a more academic school. So, okay, yeah, I mean, I think that there's various experiences um, in the Jewish community. There's also kind of a, I think a lot of assumptions around. 
um, that everyone in the Jewish community can afford to send their children to these private schools, which are which are you know quite expensive as well. Mm. No, they're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And so you went all the way through year to year twelve there. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened? And then I, I guess, kind of moved quite far away from from the Jewish community. Um, you guess, or do, do you know? <laughs> I, ran, I ran away. Um, well, yeah, I, like I, I think w- when I say that, I think that there's kind of um, maybe ideas of what that means. And for me, what that means is that I didn't run away from my Judaism, um, but I wasn't very interested in, in that kind of community um, and in in the kind of Mount Scopus community that, that I was in in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really keen to to get away with it. So, you know, I, I know I knew a lot of people in high school that just maintained those friendships. And like you say, like it was very insular. Um, I did the opposite and I and I made, you know, I went and did a lot of different things. I was, um, got involved in activism already in high school. So I, I guess got more and more into what was the first? Activism. What was the first thing you, you got active about? Um, the first thing I got active about was um, Pauline Hanson. Okay, wow, yeah. That, that, that might also tell you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so she, she's, had, she's, had, she's had three cracks at us, so it could have been. <laughs> this is true. This was, this was the first round. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that was it. And then, and then I kind of did the rounds, I guess, of various... Um, you know, joined a socialist group. I was very active in Jabaluka campaign, anti-uranium mining campaign. So five years in Israel, quite a Zionist sort of family, and now you're at the strange Jewish Democratic Society. So evolution is complete. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about AJDS. Um, AJDS is a... I, I, I see as a community activist organisation. Um, it's been... I think 35 years now, 36 years. It's been around for a long time. It started, yeah, so so I think that the important thing to say about it is that it's a multi-platform kind of organisation. So we we talked about a variety of social justice issues and quite naturally for us as a Jewish organisation that includes Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Um, yeah, but throughout the years we'll, we've done various kind of activist work on uh, refugee issues and decolonization, indigenous sovereignty, um, and a variety of other. So the the, the AJDS tagline is a Jewish voice among progressives and a progressive voice among Jews, um, and I think that summarizes it. What who we are quite perfectly in that we do, um, we you know we we are, we do work in the Jewish community. Um, we are a member organization of the Jewish Community Council of Victoria. Um, and so we have advocated around, um, yeah, the same-sex marriage and, and um, kind of sexuality issues within the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Well. And, and I say that conversation to there, Yale, because the reality is, you know, it's so easy for you to be typecast as a Jewish activist community organisation and so necessarily only talk about Israel-Palestine, where in fact for greater than 30 years this has been one action but amongst a, a plethora of other activities. Yeah, absolutely right. You're currently employed by the Australian Jewish Democratic Society. 
Yep. How do people find you, AJDS? <laughs> Give us a plug. Me or AJDS? No, no. <laughs> well, they're watching. Oh, they'll be listening to this show and downloading it. Uh, yeah, so you're, <laughs> you're, bound to get, you're bound to get abuse. <laughs> uh, oh, we get all of the different kind of responses and reactions, really. Um, but the website is ajds.org.au? Correct, yeah. Um, if people just search AJDS on, on Facebook, they'll be able to easily connect. Yeah, yeah, we're on Facebook. Um, yeah, look, I think um, we have a very interesting relationship with the kind of Jewish Zionist community here. Um, what I describe interesting. Is it mild tolerance? Is it hostility? Yeah, I find it a little bit of a dance. Um, so there's... There's, yeah, there's mixed, you know, some people outright hate us. Um, you know, we, we have been called race traders and, and you know, this kind of thing. Um, but I think we do a very good job of trying, you know, holding kind of respectful conversations about things. So one example um, is that last year, and I think you were there, so we, we held a, um, a Jewish community forum about BDS. Um, and BDS is kind of, you know, the, the most controversial issue in the Jewish community, if you want to talk about Israel-Palestine. Um, but we went about it in, in we, we, we held it, we, we were really focused on having this as a conversation in the Jewish community. And so we did have other people attending as well, but, but it was quite a well-attended event and there was different people from the Jewish community that came. Um, and we held it as a conversation. So, like instead of it being a, a confronting, um, like, dogmatic or, or um, you know, it was, we thought a lot about how we could have this conversation. Um, and I think, you know, we still were able to air um, a lot of, like, you know, we had a few panellists that were pro-BDS. Um, but I think it's a, it's kind of an issue of how you present that conversation and how you hold that conversation um, and how you make space for for other people. And so we didn't actually get a lot of um, hostility around that, which was a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when I say interesting, uh, it, it's it's varied. We we have the, the JCCV tries to kick us off every now and then for our um, politics and views around Palestine um, and there's some people in the community that don't agree with with our the, with our politics or our stance um, but they support you know our, our right to um, have them yeah to have them and to voice them um, so, so yeah. what is AJDS's formal position? Does it have a formal position? I mean, it's made up of, obviously, it's a membership organisation and it'll be members with all differing views, but wanting to be a progressive voice amongst Jews and a Jewish voice amongst progressives. Is there a single position? Position around Palestine? Palestine is right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no. And I think that that's the other, you know, when I was, when I talked about having an interesting relationship and, and being able to have these conversations is that we, you know, we don't have a prescriptive policy. We're not pro one state. We're not pro two state. We have been in, in the past. Um, AJDS, AJDS's history was very um, strongly pro two state um, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, but what we 
I mean, I guess we find that it's um, it's more important to us and and potentially um, more strategically useful to not have these kinds of policies because it leaves room for different opinions and ideas um, and it also leaves uh, I, like um, <clears throat> you know people can't attack us for for having particular policies because we don't have those policies what we do have is a is a commitment to peace and justice um, and that I guess looks looks different to different people and so it's always a bit of a like um like you say we are a member driven organization so even within the the core executive committee there's a lot of different ideas about what that looks like um but it but it means that we then have those conversations and um try and bring it back to like what does justice mean in this situation mm-hmm. um and and also as a you know, as a, as, for, as a solidarity kind of organisation, if we're talking around the context of um, Palestinians, Israel, Palestine, um, it also means that, that we, you know, we, we, we might amplify the voices of Palestinians as opposed to us having our own kind of like, no, we're, we're one state and this is how, how we think it should be. Now, one of the real challenges now, and certainly we're seeing a rise of it around the world and you would argue um, Donald Trump, Benjamin Yatu's greatest friend and, you know, hard right Zionist's uh, greatest friend is a rise in anti-Semitism. Um, how are you, do you see that? How is that, you know, uh, manifesting itself in your work? What are you doing around that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we think it's um, in the last two years, we've increasingly done more, more campaigning and more around the issue of anti-Semitism. We've definitely seen a rise in anti-Semitism and that's, I think, largely linked to the rise in kind of right-wing fascist movements and and, um, ideologies around around the, the, well, definitely the the kind of global north. so yeah, we, we we've done increasingly been looking a lot more at anti-Semitism. We've also seen a lot more kind of violent um, expressions of that. There was the um, the massacre, the shooting at Pittsburgh Tree of Life synagogue. So yeah, the, the, I mean the, those kinds of impacts we definitely feel them. Um, it's not at all pleasant. Um, One of the challenges is whilst that is increasing and very real anti-Semitism. You know, only, I think last week we had some nut jobs up in the uh, near Tatura right wing nut jobs put up a Chinese flag and some swastikas because you know they're convinced that 5G has created Corona and it's a the, the Chinese are doing it and the only way to get all this is to for white power to 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 return. So, I mean, the reality of w- w- whether it's Orbán in Hungary or Trump or Netanyahu, and even the ableism uh, I'd suggest of our current prime minister. Uh, Scotty yeah. from uh, yeah. advertising, they're enabling this this sort of conversation. You know, in the, the, the same yeah. space as you spoke about Pauline Hanson earlier on, John Howard uh, gave her the the air to air or to to voice those um that really dog whistle ugly racism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and I think that other like the I I guess one of the like very distinctive 
things about anti-Semitism is that it's, um, I kind of say like it's, it's used as a, as a like definitional political football as it, in, in that um, people define anti-Semitism in different ways. And the, and, and, and there's a very intentional push to do this within various Zionist movements to define anti-Semitism as the critique or attack um, of Israel and its policies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kind of what I feel like there, there ends up being this fight around like what is anti-Semitism? How do you define anti-Semitism? Um, and you get, like you said, the um, Obama Hungarian Prime Minister, his, his very close friends with Netanyahu. Um, and, and there's this kind of like political support because he's pro-Zionist, right? Um, but like that, yeah, it, it's... Uh, well, in his election campaign, yeah, as you know, or in Orban's election campaign, he ran a campaign that was anti-Semitic. He said, you need to vote for me. Soros is, you know, and his left-wing, you know, world uh, bank are trying to control, new world order are trying to control the world. And, you know, you know what these people are like and vote for me because we've got to stop their ascent to power. And this is the conversation he's having with his electorate, wins prime ministership. And then next thing you know, he's at Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and the Holocaust Museum and wearing a kippah and Netanyahu's greatest mate, yet he's actually an anti-Semite. Yeah. And I think you can, you know, kind of, you can see the same in in various other leaders around the world. Um, I mean, I would say Trump. Oh, there are so, there are fine people on both sides. <laughs> you, you, you are not a fine person if you're yelling out white power. Yeah, you, your opportunity to be fine has ceased. <laughs> but in yeah, the, in the challenge, and I, I think you were trying to get there a second ago. I'll, I'll take you back. Is in that real anti-Semitism? There's that conflation between Netanyahu and certainly the right hardcore Zionist groups to conflate uh, criticism with Israel with being an anti-Semite. That in fact, you know, I don't agree with Australia's indigenous policy. I don't agree with Australia's refugee policy. That doesn't make me anti-Australian. It just makes me a human being not happy with my government. And so too criticism of the state of Israel and its actions, its occupation, detention of children, etc. doesn't make me someone who hates Jews for the fact they celebrate God on Saturday. It just means I hate the actions of the government. Um, yeah, but they have actually been very successful at, at creating that conflation, as you say, um, which makes it a, like a whole, it, it, it makes it a lot more difficult in talking about anti-Semitism because firstly you have to go back to defining it um, and having those conversations. And secondly, the, there's, I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole lot of issues around it, but um, it's really, I mean, it's, it's quite disgusting to call someone standing up for human rights, for justice, for self-determination, to call them racist, to call them anti-Semitic. Um, and I think what that's created is a um, really a, a, a kind of backlash of there's, there's now this assumption that if you're called anti-Semitic that it's not true and that it's only used to discredit your politics and who you are. Yeah. Um, so, there, I mean, there's, there's kind of these, like, a lot of layers of, of where this 
where this is fucked basically yeah. because um it does work it does work to discredit and you know we've seen that around the world and we've seen that in in like you know lo- like i think there's been increasing numbers of legal cases in the states for example mm-hmm. um trying to shut down a- action and 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 talk about about palestine um, i mean you've got uh, states that across america legislating you know, mm. and you get situations. I mean, the hatchet job that was done on Bernie, Sa- uh, on excuse me, Jeremy Corbyn to start with. Yeah, recently. Yeah, res- that's, yeah, that's another really good example. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you know rolls out into Bernie Sanders. You know, a, a campaign launch. He had a campaign uh, speech. Somebody unfurls a, a swastika. I mean, mm. there, there's the challenge when the conflation between proper anti-Semitism. You know, that thousands of year old vile hatred that conflation is really hurting all of us it makes everything harder to combat whether it's islamophobia or xenophobia and and particularly uh, anti-semitism yeah i mean one of the things that australia's got that the united states doesn't have is you know and, and england does as well britain does is strong libel laws and and we know that um melissa park was hounded out of uh, contesting an election uh, in the last federal election mm. by speaking out for palestine and we've had the West Australian and the Herald Sun both print apologies, give her uh, exclusive op-eds and pay sums. So what's coming up? What, I mean, we're all in corona lockdown, Yale. What's yeah. AJDS's um, plans for, for 2020? Uh, what you can tell us about, of course, nothing too secret. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I think, like, the plans for 2020 are rapidly changing, um, and I think... You know, AJDS has has always been, in some ways, a, a quite a reactionary organisation. In that we, um, when bad things happen, we stand up and react to them. Um, and that's a conversation that we've had for a while. Like, how much should we be reactive, and how much should we be um, proactive, and and kind of putting forth more progressive platforms. Um, and I guess you can do both. But but what what we're seeing now with with COVID um is we have to change the way that we do things and we have to change that on a daily kind of you know we're having this conversation over zoom as opposed to in person or in the studio um so you know what and ajds is a like when when i started i I said that i think the best way of describing ajds is as an activist group but also a community group um we are very engaged in in the kind of local left Jewish community and we have a lot of community events um and so that you know that that has a this kind of social distancing has a huge impact on that and and we're you know we had a for example we had a um Passover Seder uh kind of celebration on Zoom last weekend and had about 70 participants in that, so that this is a time where we would have kind of gathered and had had a community event. We're having to take that online. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's these kinds of, you know, what what are we the the plans for 2020 is to keep building a strong kind of left and radical Jewish community, um, and that will look like having more more events online as opposed to meeting in person, at least for the you know in the short term future in terms of i mean we we in february we had a um info night about ship to gaza that was something that we were wanting to work on this year and support 
this year and the ship to Gaza has obviously been cancelled. Um, but but focusing on what on what's happening in Gaza right now is is um, mm. something that we're we're wanting to focus on um, the you know the living conditions. I don't even know if you can call them living conditions. The the there was a UN report, and you'd know this, Nasser, um, that what came out maybe f- five years ago or something mm-hmm. that predicted that Gaza would be unlivable by 2020. Yeah. Um, it's 2020 now, and, and I think it's really like the, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it, t- it, it's time to, it's time to do something. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's past time. <laughs> you and I and our like-minded friends have known it's past time for a decade perhaps mm-hmm. and, and more, but it's past time for the world to take some responsibility and say you just can't cage 2 million people. When, you know, the UN has said it's unlivable, 95% of the water is undrinkable with, you know, somewhere between three and five hours of electricity a day where, you know, people are in air, land, sea blockade. It's beyond... It certainly isn't how the world should look in 2020. Let's try and finish on a positive note, yeah. Let's try and finish on a positive <laughs> note. Give it, do my best. Do your best. What's been your highlight of your time with AJDS? My highlight? Ooh, I have a few highlights. Okay. So we, we could end it on a really positive. I mean, I think the, the kind of community events that we have um, – there's a really, I, I find I find the AJD, AJDS community to be a really strong and resilient um, and fun community. Um, I'm always inspired by, um, you know, it's cross generational, um, and and I, yeah, I think I think we do community really well, and I think in these times I don't um, I don't see that very often um, in in activist spaces. So that's definitely an upside. And I think just having, having you know, pushing conversations, whether that's around Israel-Palestine, bringing speakers out, um, hosting Illinois last year was incredible. Um, getting to meet amazing activists um, and being inspired and pushing the conversations and having radical conversations. Um, and that's not just Israel-Palestine, definitely around Israel-Palestine, but, you know, we've, we've held a, a bunch of, um, panels around decolonization that I think have been really fantastic in exploring and thinking about, um, you know, th- thinking that through and, and in quite kind of radical and, and constructive ways. Um, that's a few. We had an amazing um, Purim. So Purim is this Jewish festival, one of the few where, where you actually properly celebrate. Um, <laughs> so we had a properly celebrating. Well, it's not like, oh, they tried to kill us, we survived, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it is actually like that. But, it, but it's a lot more like it's, it's fun and, and like you, you go out and you dress up and, um, and you eat kind of lollies and drink alcohol. Like it's, it's a very fun festival as opposed to a more solemn, like go to synagogue and this kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, we had a really wonderful um, Purim party just before the... That might be the highlight for this year because that was the last time we're allowed to meet meet, yeah. meet a person. <laughs> well, hopefully we get to do it again soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was wonderful, and we and so we raised money for for um, Olive Kids, 
in that event. Um, so it was, yeah, like it was, it was a great event. Everyone had a lot of fun, and also it's kind of, you know, there's this added like being useful in in fundraising um, to 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 give money to to other kids. Fantastic. Well, yeah. we've been joined by Yalia, community organizer of the Australian Jewish Democratic Society. Do yourselves a favour, ajds.org.au, or check them out on Facebook, the Australia Jewish Democratic Society. Thanks so much, Yael, for joining us. Thank you, Nasser. Thanks for having me. Now, you just heard from Yael and the Australia Jewish Democratic Society that raised money for Olive Kids during their Purim event. Olive Kids needs your help. As you know, Gaza is in lockdown with dealing with COVID without the support of the outside world or access to the outside world. Olive Kids is seeking to raise $40,000. And specifically, this will allow us to deliver 600 hygiene packages to families, 600 food packages, and to give health advice and information to the local community. We'll do that in partnership with our on-the-ground people there in Gaza. Please, if you can spare a dollar or some time, go to olivekids.org.au, olivekids.org.au, and help support the Palestinians in Gaza in their time of desperate need. Just a quick note to thank you all for continuing to listen to our show. Tough at the moment dealing with it outside of the studio. Much easier, of course, than anything that the Palestinians are going in, so we'll continue to soldier on. I do hope to be joined by Robert and Yusuf soon enough. In the meantime, please don't forget to go to apan.org.au to join, olivekids.org.au to donate. Tell your friends to listen to the show, share it on Facebook, share our podcasts, and remember, free Palestine.